you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. Thanks for tuning in. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. As always, there is never a day that goes by that we do not appreciate you folks showing up. It's just such a wonderful thing to share with you, to spend time with you, to marinate in the richness of the beautiful, wonderful, intelligent guests that we have on this show that will expand your mind, make you sexier to whoever you want to be attracted to. You'll just walk around with this glow of intelligence by listening to the show can i kiss your ass anymore uh probably not anyway guys uh as always we're gonna be talking about uh, some amazing things today uh superlatives in business but also we're gonna be talking about artificial intelligence you may have heard of it some people say i'm artificially intelligent and they're probably right in some ways i don't know have you seen what i ate for breakfast i don't know what that means but if you do want to know what it means, refer your family, friends, and relatives to YouTube.com for just Chris Foss. That's not a tie-in, Chris. Uh, go to LinkedIn.com for just Chris Foss. Go to YouTube, or, uh, let's see, Goodreads and Facebook and uh, uh, TikTok. We're trying to do TikTok over there. In fact, we just made a great uh, interview with someone from TikTok, a huge fashion designer over there. And uh, CNN's... Uh, CNN's anchor will be on the show to talk to us. You've probably heard me uh, mention it before. He'll be coming up later on this month to talk about it. Today, we have an amazing guest, and we're going to be talking about AI and uh, running companies, uh, telecommunications, the web industry, et cetera, et cetera. Brian Fowler is on the show with us today. He is a distinguished figure in the telecommunications and web industry. He boasts an impressive career spanning 25 years, currently serving as the president and CEO of Security First International Holdings Incorporated. He has steered his company to uh, remarkable success over the past decade. Under his leadership, Security First has emerged as a trusted provider of cutting edge, ouch, security products and services with a strong foundation as a telecommunications engineer. Mr. Fowler seemingly transitioned into the realm of web development. He revolutionized the industry by uh, introducing GoHoster, an intuitive website hosting platform designed specifically for beginners and novice web developers. The platform garnered widespread acclaim, earning recognition as an innovative solution within the industry. Welcome to the show, Brian. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Chris? Thanks for having me. I am doing excellent as well. So uh, you're here today. You're talking about your company, uh, Security First International Holdings Incorporated, and then some of the things you're launching. So uh, give us uh, your .com so people can find you on the interwebs, please. So it's uh, optobiz.ai. So it's opto, mm-hmm. O-P-T-O, B-I-Z dot A-I. There you go. And that will be on the Chris Voss Show if you want to hook that link up. Uh, so uh, what are you doing so, so over Opt- there? So Optobiz is the actual – sorry, Chris, for jumping in. Optobiz no is actually the, the product uh, of Security First uh, International Holdings, Inc. So there is another web address for the actual company, which is okay. scfrholdings.com. 
There you go. Getting all the plugs in. That's important. So uh, you guys have been building, uh, started this company. How new is it? And uh, give us a 30,000 overview of it, if you would, please. Uh, so the, the company, I've been uh, president CEO of Security First uh, for 10 years. Uh, we just recently launched uh, the OptoBiz AI product last week which is where the focus has been for uh, the last uh, about eight to 10 months. We've been focused on that particular vertical of technology. There you go. Um, so uh, what, what made you want to move into this space? Like what was the proponent that made you decide that this is the thing you want to take and do? Well, co conversational AI started to really take uh, flight with uh, chat GPT. So hey, that was I've the first big one. Yeah, that's the first one that came out and really got a lot of acclaim and uh, started to uh, create a user base around conversational AI. Uh, so we decided to go in and investigate ourselves about what the market would look like if we had a product in that market uh, and try and get the usage that ChatGPT has garnered. Uh, as we have launched this and as we have been going through uh, the development, we've really come to understand that people are looking more at the security aspects around AI. Is AI secure? Is AI safe? And then you start to do some research in a deep dive and you start to learn about some scams and other things that have utilized conversational AI. So we're now uh, trying to put together, or we are putting together uh, a package within OptoBiz that's going to provide the security around our particular uh, chatbot versus other ones that are out there. There you go. Well, before we get into that, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us an origin story. What got you down this road? What you got you uh, working, uh, doing the Security First International Holdings and, and uh, into this space? So back in 1998, uh, I was a long-distance reseller in Canada. Uh, yeah. It became a race to zero. So if you were trying to sell long-distance in, in anywhere, the prices were just going to zero. So there really was no margins left in there. Uh, so I tried to figure another way to be in the telecommunication business, maintain the margins and, and have my own telephone network. So I actually developed a VOIP network, which is voice over internet protocol back wow. in 1998. So it was probably one of the first uh, VOIP platforms out there. Uh, so I grew that for four years and then I started to need capital to, to scale it, to make it bigger. So I put together a business plan, started to, put the business plan in front of some VCs. Uh, my business plan ended up on the desk of a gentleman named Michael Egan. Michael Egan is the founder of Alamo Rent-A-Cars. Uh, he put the founder of Nantucket Nectars. He put the first $20 million into the dot-com boom when he uh, put $20, $20 million into the globe.com. And the globe.com wow. happened to be the highest return in IPO in NASDAQ history at the time. So the globe.com was in the business of trying to be a social network. They just ultimately were a little too early because the costs associated with building out something like a Facebook uh, mm -hmm. at that time was just not cost effective. You, you, you couldn't maintain it. The bandwidth was too much. Server costs were still high. So it just wasn't a, a viable business at the time. So as much as the globe.com was the dot-com boom, it was also the dot-com implosion. So they raised a lot of money, couldn't do much with it. The company unwound, but Mike did not dissolve the company. He kept the company alive. So uh, when, my, when my business plan ended up on Mike's desk, he gave me a call in Canada, had me fly down. Uh, so I met with him and he just drilled me for, for a few hours on what VOIP is, what we think the future of VOIP is. Uh, and much like this podcast, I don't know, I thought it went completely 
bad. I remember leaving that day saying, okay, well, that was, that was your first go at it and you're not getting anything out of it. But uh, ultimately ends up a week later, he calls me and he says, I think we have a deal to be done here. So I'm going, wow. oh, nice. And yeah. So then I end up uh, moving to Fort Lauderdale, transitioning from Toronto to Fort Lauderdale where he was based. Uh, then we built out a VOIP company in the globe.com uh, where we were on pace with Skype for downloads on our application for the desktop telephony so we were focused on software phones at the time i know it seems a little archaic at this time but back in 2002 2003 it was new cutting edge stuff uh yeah. so we we focused on building that business uh that business was around for i believe uh we wound that down in 2008 uh mm -hmm. so at that point uh I learned a lot from those from those years. We went through a lot of different permutations, a lot of different technologies. Mike always wanted to be on the forefront of all technology. So, mm -hmm. as the CTO of the company, he had me out evaluating every different tech vertical as the phone network was was doing its thing. Because he saw that there was going to be a point where we would have to pivot and transition into another technology, uh, which ultimately we did. We became a registrar of domain names dot travel. So the company did actually find another niche in, in tech and in web that it transitioned to. At that point, I transitioned out of the company myself and then I started some of these projects. Go Hoster was the first project I actually created after leaving the globe.com. And then that spawned into, uh, Security First International and within Security First International, we've developed and touched on a lot of different uh, technologies as well. So I've just continued what I learned from the globe and extended that into uh, Security First. And then that's where all of our technology assets are, where we incubate and we develop. I was going to say, you guys are an incubator, so this is great to get into these technologies. So let's talk about the software. Uh, who does it apply to? Is it for consumers or for business or both? And, and what does the software technically do? So it, it's a service. It's actually a service where you can use it within chat channels. And what it is and what it's designed for is to be an assistant to a human. It's not necessarily something that needs to be human facing because, again, that's where some of the security issues come in. But if you're someone like a, uh, an attorney and you, you need to get some information that might be readily quicker than going through the, the, the traditional channels, you could just communicate with the chatbot and then get information back instantly pertaining to what you're looking for. So it becomes an alternative uh, knowledge base that you can use, but it's for the human support. It's not necessarily to have the customer engage it with the actual AI. It's okay. for the it's for the human that needs an assistant. It, it becomes the assistant to the person doing the business. Okay, so like kind of like a, a virtual assistant, but AI. Correct, but not not being not being actually used directly with the client. So if it's a company client, the company uses it as a tool to help with the client. So it keeps the company in the loop. There you go. There you go. So it, but does it interact at all with the customer? It, 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 it can, but. but the, it can, but right now, the way we're utilizing it is to keep a human in the loop just to keep the actual security aspect of it there. So if anyone is communicating, they know that it's a system of a human. So the, the, it's, the chances of there being some malicious activity happening is minimized. There you go. And you mentioned about security earlier. Um, you know, I mean, I, we're seeing all sorts of weird stuff go on. And usually when, you know, a new industry pops up like this, there's there's issues with security because, uh, you know, it's kind of like a Wild West sort of thing. Um, what are some ways that uh, you help enhance security and make it work? 
So we, uh, we prevent uh, indirect prompt uh, injection. When indirect mm-hmm. prompt injection is where when you utilize AI, you prompt the AI for the information you're looking for. Uh, and if, you, if you're scanning a website, say, and there's malicious content on that website, and the AI looks at the website because it, it doesn't visually see the website, but it reads like a bot what the code is. If it gets back prompts that are malicious, then the AI is spawns off into another situation that it wasn't intended to be in. So it also has a way of poisoning the actual model. So once these prompts are in there and it's learning these malicious prompts, then the AI will not be returning or utilized the, the correct way. So right. we're implementing strategies to prevent those things from happening. Now, how is this different than other AI virtual assistants or chat boxes? I know I'm not a big fan of chat boxes. How is this different than that? It's very similar, but again, it's the way we were implementing it and the way we're doing our prompt engineering. So we're putting together packages of prompts that when you prompt the AI, it gives you the information you're actually looking for. So it kind of teaches you how to work with the AI, but in a secure way as well. Definitely. And this might be better than maybe those forum bulletin boards that people send me to. And it's like, hey, do you want to fix your problem? And then you're like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to have some customer service here. And they're like, here, go to this giant forum where you can read 10 million questions about why our product is broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and uh, hopefully you'll find the answer you're looking for over there. And I'm just like, right, are you right. serious? Like, this is what we're doing now? So, yeah, anything that can help dial up a better response. And then, of course, it operates 24-7, correct? Correct, correct. It just makes, mm-hmm. it makes the human more efficient. So, if you look at it not to be afraid of, because you mm-hmm. know, there is security issues, but if, you, if you're not afraid of it and you know how to utilize it and you can learn how to prompt it correctly, it will make you much more efficient of what you're doing. There's no doubt about that. There you go. Uh, do you do you find that this is more popular and helpful than uh, the other forms of uh, AI virtual assistants? Uh, I, again, it's, it, we're in our infancy with it, so we're going to learn, and then we're going to find out uh, what what we can do that's going to differentiate us from the others that are out there because everything is very similar. So mm-hmm. it, at this point, you're going to have to just find what the differentiator is, and then go in on that and, and, and develop on that. And that's where we're focused on the security and the prompt engineering. So we can make it a more usable tool for, for, for humans. You have some different examples on your website, uh, some industry kind of sampling of how it can work and help. Uh, one, one aspect is uh, banking law, real estate. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned here that uh, it can enhance security by helping detect fraudulent or detect and prevent fraudulent activities Mm -hmm. by analyzing customer behavior and transactional patterns. Uh, That sounds important because it can, that can identify maybe people trying to hack into systems or accounts. Correct. That's exactly what that is. If you start to see uh, people doing different things uh, outside of what the pattern is, then it it throws an alarm and then you can identify that with a human and say, okay, this is a differentiator in the pattern let's take a look at this with a human eye instead of mm. leaving everything to be automated because 100% automation, 100% AI will be a disaster. There has to be a human in the loop somewhere else. This will be a runaway situation on us. Yeah. Cause then, you know, somebody could fake being me and go into my account. Correct. And, Correct. And, uh, I mean, literally, know. literally make you look like you are right now in the show talking, then people will be tuned into this <laughs> and it won't even be the Chris Vaughn show. Right? They're, just, they're looking at an AI version of it. Yeah, they're saying that's going to come. I don't know. I don't think they can make AI as funny and interesting as me, but uh, there's still time. Uh, <laughs> there's some, hey, a lot of content out there to learn from, right? So they can. There learn is. I mean, 
14 years and 1400 episodes i've seen the thing that they do now with the uh deep fakes and yeah. uh i suppose you can deep fake it always creeps me out i tend to pick up on it um okay and there's a there's a static sort of uh what's the word i'm looking for in in english uh there's a static sort of stanza or metronome that that AI uses that this is a giveaway. Like when I read stuff written by ChatGPT, unless it's been humanized and human edited, I can yep. see the machine. Um, and and there's a there's a certain staccato, there's static nature to it that's very I don't know how to how to describe it. No, I understand. Yeah, it's devoid of it's devoid of emotion, and and uh, maybe I'll get better at that. But yeah, I can usually tell. Um, so you have a few examples here of real estate, uh, maybe lead generation qualification. Uh, tell us a little about that. Cause that's important to people. You know, everyone's always trying to generate more leads for business. In that way, it keeps it more efficient because you can actually start to generate and bring more leads in and not lose as many leads. So it gives uh -huh. you an opportunity to bring the lead in, uh, deal with the lead through, through AI. And then when it comes to the point where the deal is closable, then that's mm -hmm. when the human gets in and closes. So it, in that situation, it just helps manage uh, the leads that come in. It, it, so there is communication. Because uh, I've, I've been in the lead business before too. When leads have come in and I haven't addressed them in time, the lead dies. It falls off, right? So this is a way to be able to address a lead at in real time. And then when the lead gets to a point where it can be handed off to the human, it then gets handed off. But it's already been warm. The lead's a warm lead now instead of just a, a cold lead at that point. There you go. I like this a lot better. You know, I, I, my, I have friends that have virtual assistants that they hire sometimes in other countries. Um, and I, I guess it works fairly well for them. But, you know, I've seen different issues with it. I, you know, I, I'm always concerned about having people that I can't get to with lawsuits or some sort of legal action if, if they betray it you know, whatever business we're doing, um, that I can't get to them. Uh, and I would really rather have a virtual assistant. I just really would. Um, that, that's robotic or AI, uh, right. that can do the same sort of job because it, you know, they're in my accounts, you know, and you know, you're like, Hey, do we, do we give this person access to our accounts? I mean, they can, you know, some of my accounts are quite large. I've been around for several years. I mean, my YouTube's been around for since 2006. I yeah. mean, do I that's want someone in there that could delete that thing just because they, I don't know, get angry because they, uh, I don't know, they didn't get their coffee this morning? <laughs> no, that those those are big assets. Yeah, you, I, I would be very concerned about that. that, that you built those assets over that yeah. much of time, right? So yeah. that's, yeah. My LinkedIn the same way. My LinkedIn, I think we've been on LinkedIn since almost the beginning. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have a giant group over there, 130,000 people. We have, you know, I think I'm maxed out on everybody who can follow me. I think we have 60,000 following total over there. Like, and, and there's people that wow. give their LinkedIn access to stuff. And I'm like, I'm not, there's, like, there's not a way to give somebody like a, uh, a below level thing to manage your account. And it's, it's like, you know, you can, there's a lot of people that use LinkedIn to lead generate and it's like, I, I can't give anybody access to that because they could wipe it in a second, you know, or they could, yeah. I've heard a lot of ransomware stuff too. I mean, I've had friends that they've, they've hired some of these people off the internet that you're like, Hey, we'll rebuild your website. They got a hold of your website and your properties and then they ransom it. And you're just like, wow. Okay. That doesn't sound fun at all. So I can see the security nature and, and having something that you have more control of as being an asset. Right, right. And, you know, the simplest way to do that is, like you said, just offer some privileges levels, right? So mm -hmm. you, you give different levels of privileges that they can get to the account where it's, it maintains a 
a level of trust once you, once you let someone in there. Yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah, and and so anyway, that you know something like this could replace that sort of access because like with like with LinkedIn, I can't you can't make privileges on LinkedIn. I don't believe no. you can make them on YouTube any, either. Um, and on my website, you know, you can make privileges. Uh, you know, you can set that up a little bit. But even then, you know, people can muck about if they want, and if they're getting to know your business, they're probably going to know. You know, I mean, I think all my passwords and my social security and my birth date and just about everything you need to know about me is on the internet, right. the dark web <laughs> at this point. I mean, there's been so many hacks of so many accounts. I can't, I, you know, I, it's a wonder. Have, lost it? have I ever lost an account? Uh, yeah. Our Instagram account got hacked and it was quite large and we're still trying to get Facebook to recover it. And uh, it was hacked by the Chinese. Uh, last we saw of it, it was being, it was being sent, uh, we were sent, being sent responses in Chinese. So, Whoever hacked it was, you know, from over there. Um, and there's, I mean, trying to get recourse on these social media companies to give a shit about anybody. Uh, you know, you're the product. So that's that. Yeah, um, right. So 24-hour service, enhancing security, personalizing customer interactions is, uh, looks like it's a great way um, to, uh, to get people going back and forth. Uh, streamlining uh, is another aspect. Uh, tell us a little bit of this if you want to expand on some of it. On this, on the streamlining, on streamlining uh, operations and and personalizing customer personalizing customer interactions and improving customer experience. How do, how 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 are ways can that uh, deepen your relationship with your customers? I, I, again, because I think you're more efficient with them. So if mm -hmm. if they have an uh, an inquiry or something that they need to have resolved in in a in a manner that's quick, uh, I think mm -hmm. this gives access to that. It allows uh, the the employee to be able to handle the inquiry. Uh, in a manner that, like you said, more humane. So they utilize the actual AI, get the information, and then relay that information in a more human-like manner. But it's more efficient for them to to deliver uh, the information because it's they get the information faster. So it's a it's a resource to be able to uh, handle inquiries and and streamline how, uh, say, a customer service would would work. There you go. What's your vision of, of what this might become? Are you are you kind of building now and let the customer help you shape it? Uh, I know, you know, Twitter was that way. Twitter pretty much, uh, you know, there's just three idiots running in, in a clown car. Um, and the, the world showed Twitter how to operate. Uh, is is that not to, not to say you guys are idiots? Certainly, I don't think anybody could replace BizJack and, and uh, who's the other third one? Um, but, uh, you know, basically, it's just an example of how customers told them how to shape the business. Uh, do, you, do you have a vision for what it may become? Or it, are you? There's going to be a lot of that. We're going to be analyzing mm -hmm. the, the, the actual industry, we're going to be analyzing what others are doing, and we're going to be learning. And, and yeah, the customer base, the businesses that we engage and get feedback from, that will definitely go into how we uh, evolve uh, what we're doing and how we are going to differentiate ourselves in the space. So we will definitely be learning uh, where there is impediments or where there's growth, and then we will design and build to either one that fits where we're at with where the development of our, where we are at the time. There you go. Uh, with your guys' uh, company, where you guys are uh, doing incubators, do you guys have other projects you're working on, or is, is all, uh, so all we, in on this one? Uh, so we're, we just went all in on, on AI. We, we've yeah. done some stuff in crypto. We've done some stuff in, in, in virtual reality. We've done some stuff in, in augmented reality. So all of those emergent techs, we've, uh, we've done some development in. So that's uh, 
we have a little bit of a war chest there that if uh, if we see an opportunity where we can accelerate some of these techs, uh, we would definitely do that uh, uh, with, a, with a team. It's definitely going to make a new world, I think, with uh – with uh, artificial intelligence, it's been amazing to me. I can't remember the numbers, but to see the escalation and adoption of Chat GPT is kind of the this lead that kind of emerged. Um, mm-hmm. To see the adoption of that in numbers of users compared to just about anything else in the tech space for new uh, new user adoption is just extraordinary. And I think this is a real revolution for what the future holds for uh, artificial intelligence. What are what are some of your thoughts on the, vi- I, the big think, overall I, vision of it? I think it's I think it's coming. I think it's going to be here. Uh, that's why we're focused on uh, uh, the, the security side of it because in anything new, uh, you, you don't quite know what it can be used for, right? So mm-hmm. uh, back in the early days of the internet, you know, we put up a website that got hacked, like you said, like very quickly. There was denial of service attacks. There's this. There's a lot of different things we're going to have to learn about before we can say, okay, now it's the mainstream. It's it's also almost mainstream, but now we have to find out what some of the uh, the issues are. So it, it can be actually something that it, it lives a lot longer than just a, a fad, right? So it, it actually turns into something that can be used in a in a manner that's productive. There you go. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people right now are kind of frightened of new jobs. I think there's a term for it I heard the other day. Um, they're, they're frightened as to new technology, and this has been going on for a million years. I, f- I forget it originates. There's a term that originates from it. It's actually a group of people who were afraid of new sort of industry and farming. The nanonites? Um and uh, basically, you know, they saw technology at the time, what was technology for them, as, you know, as an evil, as a, as a thing that was going to destroy, you know, their livelihoods, their work and stuff. And so a lot of people are kind of <clears throat> uh, anticipatious, is that a word, of this uh, anticipate, they're, they're, they're worried. You're definitely worried about where the, this future holds. You know, I've, I've had friends that are PR agents that are like, we're going to have a job. Uh, people that are in ad copy, where they're running marketing and stuff like that, we're going to be out of a job. Um, and then we've had other authors on the show that have talked about uh, artificial intelligence where the, uh, you know, it, yeah, it might write stuff better for us, but we're still going to have to edit it. We're still going to have to inject that human element to it. We're st- we're just actually going to become bigger editors than maybe ad copy creators uh, and different things. And even then, you know, we're seeing all sorts of issues with it. You know, there's recently an attorney who used chat GPT. Right. Right. His his uh, his uh, thing for him, uh, and he got scolded by the court. Hopefully, he doesn't lose his license. I don't know, but it pulled like basically a lot of fake precedents from the internet, and uh, not even real cases. So he was citing like garbage to the court, and the court you know figured it out, you know, because that's what they do. And uh, you know, so there's there's gonna be a lot of this. And it, it, I was reading something the other day too that the disinformation is probably gonna grow pretty crazy uh here coming up with the it, it, where it's just going to make you know the inter- internet's pretty much a giant disinformation pool and it's probably just going to grow that i don't know any thoughts on any of that no, no uh, agree agreed the data sets are going to have information in there that's not even qualified information i i, I agree the internet garbage in garbage out right so mm-hmm. whatever it's being put in there uh an ai is using as its data set to learn from that's what it's going to regurgitate that's what's going to come back so that's where uh, in the case of the lawyer, that was a little negligent in his behalf, right? So if, if you actually do use the tool for what it is, it would have made him efficient if he just would have went over the copy and, and, and taken care of what 
was wrong. But instead of actually using it for what it's there for, he wanted to utilize it as just removing himself where, oh, I don't have to do any work anymore. Just like people are saying, I'm out of a job, I'm out of a job. He's saying, oh, I don't have to do any work anymore. I just hit chat GPT, <laughs> my job's done. And he's like a happy hour at that point, right? So it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting how people don't realize how to actually use it as a tool versus something to either replace themselves or, you know, just shortcut. I mean, it's a lot, it's a big shortcutter for a lot of people. Most you definitely. Have, you have to be able to, uh, like you said, go over it. Uh, you, you bring up the, uh, the, the, the PR firms. Uh, having chat GPT actually write you or, or our AI write you a press release is pretty straightforward. I mean, we have the prompt packs that we've engineered that mm-hmm. brings back pretty good press releases. So in the, in the, in the, in the state of uh, conversational AI, it's how you form the prompts. You could come up with a series of prompts and feed it to chat GPT and we're in the same industry and you'll get back something different than if I came up with a series of prompts and brought the data back. So uh, it, it's all about how you actually engineer the prompt to get the information that's accurate and right. If you're very generalized with the prompt, you're going to get, you're going to get garbage. But if you yeah. can actually drill down on the prompt and put the right information in, you'll get more accurate information out of that. Yeah. I mean, the internet's full of all sorts of disinformation between conspiracy theories, you know. I mean, the last thing you want to do is, you know, have something where you're telling your customers, I don't know, the world is flat, which is <laughs> not true. <laughs> As everyone knows, it's square. It's not round. It's not flat. It's square. I mean, you, know, I, I, you know what? I should, I'm should. i going to do that right now. I'm going to ask the AI. <laughs> Let's have a little test if you don't mind. Yeah. I haven't the, asked it that. The earth is square. And aliens uh, are blue. They're green. Everyone knows that. Uh, hold on one sec. <laughs> and this, this, I, I mean, pick, this your, pick your conspiracy. <laughs> gravity <laughs> isn't gravity isn't real either. So there's that. Uh, uh, plus. I should make a prompt pact around that. Yeah, there no, you go. So the response is no. The world is not flat. <laughs> Thank there God. you go. What about yeah. square? What about square? It's square. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Everyone knows that. I've seen that from space. I don't know. They they basically photoshopped it in space. I don't know. Anyway, I'm right. just having fun here. Uh, so, anything more we need to know about what you guys are doing there at your company? Uh, you, you know, we're that's pretty, right now. We're focused on that, and we are a, a, a public company. So, uh, once AI starts to form a little bit more, we might go into the. Uh, acquisitions of, of other AI companies. Uh, so that's kind of uh, what our, what we're trying to get done right now within AI is that we can develop our own product, uh, launch our own product. Uh, and then once we start to get some traction with our product, uh, use the company uh, to acquire other AI projects and then become an incubator uh, and a holdings of AI tech. There you go. There you go. So this would be pretty interesting. Did do you take pitches? If somebody has some pitches for your incubator, maybe we we are. So we're looking at we're looking at different uh, different companies right now. And if we do get inquiries, uh, we do take a look at it. Like I said, because we're public, it allows us to be able to uh, offer some some growth and some scale. That if the projects do take off, the the value of the company increases, share price goes up, and uh, everyone is happy. There you go. So what's the best way people can reach out to you for both companies and uh, talk to you about whatever they want to talk about? So for the holding company, it's uh, scfrholdings.com. Mm-hmm. And for the AI service, it's optobiz.ai. There you go. There you go. And uh, the company is Security First International Holdings, Inc. Uh, the ticker is SCFR. 
There you go. Well, this should be really interesting to see how this pans out and uh, everything goes on. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. Very insightful and in, uh, talking about the future of artificial intelligence. Excellent. Thanks for having me, Chris. There you go. Thanks, Brian. Uh, thanks, Myers, for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortune's Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortune's Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortune's Chris Foss. Subscribe to the LinkedIn newsletter over there, the big LinkedIn group. Also, go to see us on TikTok. We're trying to be cool over there. Chris Foss One and the Chris Foss Show podcast on TikTok. We're old. I don't know if they're going to get us, but we're trying. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next time.